I'm going to talk. I'm just going to share a few things. I just wrote down a lot of a lot of random stuff today. Is that okay? It may not look pretty in package with a five-point message so or a three-point or whatever that is, but I've been, I've been like hungering for more of understanding of what brought forth awakenings, what brought forth revivals, and, and we've been impacted in this nation by two significant ones. The history says it may be three, but there's also been the modern movements like Toronto and what's going on in, in Bethel and some other things that God is really pouring out. And we're watching, right? You live in the greatest time, I'm convinced. I live in the greatest time on the earth right now. And if we would just partner with the Holy Spirit, if we would partner with him, I'm telling you we would see great and powerful things if we just, come on, just partner with him. Just get close, up close, face to face with him, and then begin to, to believe that God. But Evan Roberts prayed this prayer. God, disturb us. Disturb us. And don't let us rest and be satisfied. And I tend to speak and declare a lot about spiritual hunger because I believe we need that. I believe for the church to go further and stronger and higher, that I believe we must have a, an unquenchable spiritual hunger and thirst and the Lord wants to do that for us and I'm telling you he's looking for a generation that doesn't look like any generation before and what he's about to do is is going to be something that we haven't seen or heard of come on behold I do a new thing and if you'd already known it and if you'd, if you'd already seen it I wouldn't tell you this right that's what the prophet said but I'm telling you today, I just had this like weeping on my spirit. Like I, I went to the room to get prepared. I studied in the morning, but I couldn't get anything like going. And I was just, this thing was on me that I can't shake. And I believe it's for us tonight. And I believe it'll go further than tonight if we allow it. And I'm telling you, the Lord's heart is that we just really plug into what he has. And we have to really, this thing that I just read, not that, not that you've already attained anything, right? Not that you've already attained it, but you press on towards the mark, right? You go to, for the high calling. And it says that, that Jesus, it says that Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. And Paul had this understanding that he was totally wrecked by God himself, by Jesus himself coming to him and him spending three years with him in the desert, right? Jesus was already crucified and gone, but he had an interactive, come on, better than the internet, interactive explosion with Jesus for three years in the desert and sign me up. Because I feel like if, if we would get a hold of this, that God would actually shift everything around us. And I, I'm just so hungry for the presence of God tonight. I cannot, I can't even, <laughs> I can't articulate. We start thinking about things that happened with the Great Awakenings. And I ended up looking a lot at Wales. But Jonathan Edwards, right from the first Great Awakening, right? He was infected in England. And he had this... Um, he had this overtaking, I'm going to just call it. It was the Lord that overtook him, that changed and transformed and birthed movement. And it says this, that history tells us that throughout the first great awakening, there was such a manifestation of God's glory, right, that people were convulsing in drunkenness. 
And listen, I'm not looking for crazy manifestations just for the sake of a crazy manifestation. But I'm telling you, when God comes in fullness and power, that it's not going to look theologically okay. I'm telling you that tonight. So that when we, we just become hungry, that all of a sudden there's an outpouring and God begins to do things. Listen, it said that Jonathan Edwards' wife was the biggest lush. Come on, they'd have to drag her into meetings. That there was a lot of criticism, and what they said was this, that people were saying that it was, it was the thought that people were infected by distemper. You know what that is? That's rabies. That's, come on, rabies. But this is what was the criticism. And Jonathan Edwards said this. He said, if, it's, if this is distemper, then I wish it on the whole world. And there was such a movement of the Holy Spirit, and it didn't look like what, come on, the normal church, mommy show up, and, it was, and it, was, it was totally invasion of God's glory. And if we want to put a, a, a title on tonight's message, it's the invasion of God's glory. Because we're believing that God completely invades cities and regions and New England and America and the earth. That's what we're believing for. And so if you think I'm a raving lunatic by the end of this, get ready because it's probably going to get worse. I'm telling you. Because there's nothing. There's nothing. I am convinced that the Lord wants to do this. He's just looking for one person. I'm telling you, it's just one person tonight. Because when it hit Jonathan Edwards, it changed everything. It changed the landscape. And he's caused you to be people that change landscapes. You change things. Why? Because you're moving with the Spirit of God. And wherever you go, all of a sudden, everything begins to flourish. Everything begins to change. Yes, it whips up demons and all kinds of crazy stuff will come at you. But that's all right. It's worth it. I'm just going to declare it's all worth it. And if you're in the front two rows, you could get wet tonight. Rabid. Distempered. But this is what I believe for us. This is what I believe for my life, for our ministry here, that God will bring, that we will be a catalyst, that we will be one of those, just one. But God's looking for just one. And I can't reiterate that enough. Tonight, it's just one. It's just you, just getting lit on fire. And that was the thing with the Wesley brothers, right? It was like, just watch me burn. And so there's this church in Bristol, England. They took the plaque down now. But when Jonathan Edwards was there, that night when, this all, when the, the outbreaks began in that church, they smashed the pews to pieces. Why? Because there was a liberation of the church that we were no longer boxed in because they used to have these funny, they were like hockey boxes. You know, it was like they had the end. You know, you could get in the doors. They got them in New England too, you know. We, we copied the English here. Come on, we trying, they were trying to colonize, and then we revolted. We'll get into revolution in a minute. But Holy Spirit wants us to understand that he's about to break everything that we've ever known. I hate the rose, even. It's the best way to talk to you, but I hate the rose because everyone just stays there. No one will get out of their place. I'm telling you, you have liberty in this place to get out of place. Get out of place. You're allowed to be out of order. Uh-oh. 
what happens when things get out of order. People get nervous. People from normal denominational stuff get nervous. And we pray that the whole world will be like that. And not that we're doing things to be crazy and not to be out of order everywhere we go, but I believe this, that God wants to pour out his spirit in such a way. Right? It says that. We were promised that in Joel, that there would be this outpouring that would rage across the earth, that nothing would stop it because it's what? Because 1904, right? That was the first time it was introduced to America. Holy Spirit, come on. And you have William Seymour with his head behind a pulpit, hiding, calling on God to come and show up. Please show up. And there was fire coming from the roof down to the, from the heavens down and up. But the greatest thing I was reading was this, that there was so much glory. It was literal. It was in the building. And the kids would play hide and seek in it. Come on, let it be, Jesus. That the glory is so thick that the kids can hide, that we can all play hide. Let, come on, let, let us all be kids and go back to the hide and seek. And Lord, we want to find you. We want to find you in your glory. We want to find you in the place where you live. We want to be that resting place. We want to be the place that you land, that you sit, that you inhabit. So it was a sign of an, of an, of an act of the Spirit to release every hindrance. I'm talking about the pews that were smashed. To remove every hindrance, everything that boxes us in or boxes us out from God. Come on, you don't want to be boxed out of the presence, do you? You don't want to be hindered from the presence of God. You want the real thing. Come on, give it to me real, Father. And he wants to do it. He's just waiting for a people that will come into his place. Come on, he's called you to go and visit, to visit him in the place where he is. And it says that he'll come to us. Come on, we draw near to him, he comes near to us. But can I propose that, that God's looking for a, a company that won't control, that won't try to corral the Holy Spirit. We want liberty, we want freedom. This is the words of, John, of Charles Finney that totally wrecked him. It changed his life, right? It says, without any expectation of it, this is his encounter with the Father. He was a lawyer one day and a raving revivalist the next. It happened like that. He had it all together until God showed up. He had his life planned. Can I tell you, forget your five-year plan. Forget your two-year plan. <laughs> I love you. Without any expectation of it, this is Charles Finney speaking about the time. It says, without any expectation of it, without ever having the thought in my mind that, was, that there was such a thing for me, without any recollection that I had ever heard the thing mentioned by any person in the world, the Holy Spirit des descended upon me in a manner that seemed, so, seemed to go through me, body and soul. I could feel the impression like a wave of electricity and waves of liquid love. Come on, liquid love. 
for I could not express it in any other way. It seemed to be like the breath of God. I can only recollect distinctly that it seemed to fan me like immense wings. I'm telling you, this is what happened to him. All of a sudden, revival hit his life. And so what separates you from him? I'm going to ask that question tonight because nothing really separates you from him. Not one thing. You can have that where you feel the wind. Come on, I told you guys about that. I was in the home group a couple months ago, and I could just feel. It was almost like angels just pressing against my hands. As soon as my hands went up, I felt the manifestation of God wanting to push me over. It was the wind of God right in the room. Didn't go away. Every time I put my hand up, same thing would happen. And there's a manifestation of God's presence. Come on, when he comes, he wants to really whack you. He does. I promise you. He wants to whack you. It's a good, in a good way. Come on, loving Father, pour out, whack. Right? It's a good thing. So I listened to that, and then I heard this other testimony of a, of a gentleman in Wales, 1859. Right, I'm all over the place now. But it was the, a, a name, David, which is David, Morgan. And he heard of this prayer movement, and there was this prayer movement that was going on in the United States through, through a gentleman by the name of uh, Jeremiah Lamphere. And he was in New York City, and he met by himself, and he prayed. And then he put out flyers. He just made flyers. No, come on, no internet, no Twitter, can't tweet it, just flyers. And went outside and invited people. Next day, he had a few businessmen. Next week, he had five businessmen, six businessmen. All of a sudden, it began to grow, 20, 40, 50, till all of a sudden, it was 50,000 people in small groups praying all over the city, all over the nation. And what came out of this movement was this, almost a million souls Almost a million souls in, in America and in Canada touched and changed. And so he heard of this, and he's like, what was that? What is that? And he began to seek the Lord. And guess what happened? Come on, close encounter of God kind. All of a sudden, he's on his way, and he's a preacher, and he's going to his church, and he meets the Lord. And angelic interaction happens on the way in the valley, on the way to church. And it says this, that he went to bed that night like a lamb, but he woke up like a lion. Lord, let us go to sleep tonight like a lamb, maybe, or let us go out of here like lions. And Father, we just thank you that that's your, you're able to do that tonight. If we'd just open our hearts, he'd come in and pour in, but we get real apprehensive and we start getting our head in it. And the Lord really wants to just, wham. He wants to just come over you and overtake you and apprehend you and to transform you. Not with seven years of therapy. Come on. But with an instant with him, everything can change. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, what's, what, is, what is the very thing that's going to change the region? An encounter with God. 
I love all the things that we do. I love the houses of prayer. I love everything that we do to, to bring, come on, presence. But I'm telling you, everyone has to come to a place, and, and it's their place like Jacob. Come on, where we wrestle, where we go to that place where we wrestle with an angel. There's an angel with your name on it. He looks like you or she looks like you. Come on. And wants to interact with you and wants to wrestle with you till what? All of a sudden you see, come on, the blessing come. You see the Jacob's ladder. You see angels ascending and descending. This is the door that's open. I'm telling you, God wants us unhinged. I want to rip the door off of Revelation 4 and throw it. And I think God would be happy about it. I do. There's a door standing open in heaven. Revelation 4. He wants us to go in. And you know what? I don't ever want it closing. I want to rip it off the hinge. God wants us to rip stuff off the hinge. He wants you off the hinge. Believe me. I promise you he told me that today. I know it was him. How are we doing? So he longed for this. He longed for this. He longed for this in his life. And you know what happened? I'm going to get into Wales and what happens with that, with the, the uh, 1904. Come on, the Welsh revival. Holy Spirit hit this guy. And all of a sudden, souls, he was burning Come on, he was a burning man going through the cities, going through the towns. His church was filled with people, right? We think we, think we need gimmicks. We just need God, and God will fill the place. And when you're burning with something, when you're burning with a message, people will come. People will encounter. Come on, God wants you to encounter him in ways that you have not before. And if you've encountered him yesterday, he wants you to encounter him today in a different way. He wants to change you, right, from the inside out. And he wants to bring you from glory to glory. So there's nothing, there's nothing that can stand away. So he had an encounter with this angel on the hillside, and he woke up a lion. And what happened is the thing, the meter, the temperature meter, and this was, this was pre, you know, pre-Welsh revival. This was just at the cusp, and it was changing Come on. And there was, for years, all, the, all these guys were getting touched, and then the thing waned. And the sad thing at the end of this story is I read that he had the fire of God all over him, but at the end of his ministry, he was just satisfied. Let it be in my 50s. Let it be in your 40s, in your 20s, wherever you are. Let it be whatever age you are. Let it never go out. Let the fire never go out. Let it never, never go out. I don't care if you're 80. I know guys that are 80 that are on fire, that you just can't push them down. They will get up, and they will fight you again. They will fight the enemy. They will, come on, come on. They're people that are passionate for the Holy Spirit, and they want to see God move. Revival will never go out. Only if you let it. And I'm not talking about striving. I'm not talking about being in that place where all of a sudden, come on, we got to work it. I don't want to work it. If we just, come on, God, just come. 
He burned with revival fire after one encounter. So what happens if you have multiple encounters? Come on, the fire will never go out. Fire will never go out unless we open other doors. Come on, you're walking, being unhinged. Come on, every other door closed, heaven's door open. And God's calling for a revolution. What does that look like? What does it look like? A spiritual revolution, a kingdom revolution, a glory revolution. What does it look like? What does it look like? It looks like a total shift in government. Because you think about what we came from, right? Here's revolution, complete and forceful overthrow and replacement of established government. Come on, you live in New England. I'm telling you, the shot was heard all around the world. From one shot, the whole nation was changed because of a revolt. Oh, come on, Jesus, help me. Help me, Jesus. Because the longer we, <laughs> the longer I sit and I, I just, everything's going to be all right. God's, God's in control. Yes, sovereignty's part of it. But come on, kingdom dominion is everything. And God wants to change and shift government. The government of God inside of you, inside of me. He wants to establish his government inside of you. He wants to establish it outside of you. He wants to see people changed and transformed and the world revived, right? So it's a sudden, momentous, complete change and turning point. See, the tides are turning. <laughs> Do you know that? Come on, that's a prophetic word for you tonight. The tide is turning. What does that mean? It's it comes to a certain point, and then it starts going a different way. And that when the tide turns, it shifts everything. And so if we live in this place where the tide is turning, where there's movement, where there's change, where there's glory, and the glory comes on, it comes in, and then you're moving from, another, from this glory to the next glory. Come on, I'm, I'm talking about things of the Spirit that he wants to release to you. And I'm telling you, there's nothing that can hold it back. Only you. Only you. You'll block it. Because you want to overthink it. Because you want to rationalize it. And we want to just calm down. Just don't get too emotional. Don't believe too much. And I'm going to talk about the things of the Spirit because there's a better way than spiritual gifts at the end. I already mentioned it. It was already a buzzword. But I'm telling you, there's a better way. It's when you encounter him and the liquid love that Finney had all of a sudden covers you and changes you and transforms you and turns you into a burning man or woman. I'm telling you, the women, get ready. I don't know what's going on in here, but it's good. What marks any revolution? Well, let me say this. What marks any awakening? Just align. If you just align and say, God, just come. Just break through. Just break through in my life. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, come on. <laughs> what's, the, what's the universal sign for surrender? Put your hands up. Just put your hands up. Really, you can do it now, it'd be a good thing. Put your hands up because I'm telling you, when we surrender, 
It's more than that song, I surrender all, and you come down and you, you repent. Come on, I surrender, God. I give you fully. I give to you fully every part of my life that I'll be drunk in the love of your spirit, that I'll be messed up for, for eternity's sake, forevermore, because you came in and you changed my life, and I can't do anything else other than follow you and burn for you and change things around me because the spirit of Christ, the resurrected Christ, lives inside See, here's the thing. Can I propose you that there's a shift? There's a shift. It's already, we're already in it. Already there. There's already a turning of the tide. There's already a revolution. The glory's here. All we have to do is move with it and move with him, right? It says, so that you should seek the Lord. Acts 17, 27, that you should seek the Lord, that they would seek the Lord in hope that they might grope for him and find him. Come on, though he's not, what? Far from any one of us. He is not far from any one of us. And some of us think, man, I'm a million miles away from what this guy's talking about right now. No, you're not. You're not. You're right there. He's here. You're not far away. I don't care what your past says. Get rid of it. Right? He says, "Put." I forget those things. I forget the old. I don't care what happened yesterday. I don't care... Who did what to you? I forget those things. And I move forward right into the glory. It says, he's not far from any one of us. For in him we live. In him we live. And we move. And we have our being. It's not just a good verse you put on your, on your refrigerator. In him we live and move and have our being. It's one of those things that if we would just move and live and have our being inside of him, come on, what would happen? What would it look like? Come on. What would it look like? It would look like this. But by faith, Enoch. But by faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. Can I say to you, you're already immortal? Everyone, I hear brains going. Don't think of it. If you're born again in this place, you're already immortal. you already got everlasting life. You're already going to live forever. The question is, will your body die with you? Okay, we'll leave that. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. If one man did it and he wasn't even in Christ, come on, somebody, and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken... He had this testimony, what, that he pleased God. By faith, he pleased God. And without faith, it's impossible to please him because he comes to those, right? He comes to those who must, he, he comes to God, must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek. So here's my, here's my, my punchline to you tonight. Seek the Lord while you may be found. Call upon him while he's near. And it may radiate, and it may, may not look pretty. But I'm telling you, whatever you have, just leave it, leave it as an offering before the Father. I'm telling you, the Lord is looking for a place to sit. He's looking for a place to land. He's looking for a home, and that home's you. That home can be this place corporately, but it's you. You take him home. 
He brings life into you and changes you and transforms you. God is allowed to do something. Will we let him do something and unhinge him and let it be unbalanced? Mm -hmm. See, I do that to just mess up religious spirits. I'd say that stuff on purpose. People online are listening to me right now and we'll have critics. But that's okay because everything doesn't have to be on hinge and balanced. The Lord wants to meet you. And I'm telling you, the word is what we go by. Yes, the documented word, the, the anointed word, the word that's in here. But I'm telling you, he can give you things that are from his heart to you. And it may not be in this book. Can you believe that? I'm not talking about heresies. I'm not talking about weird, funky stuff. I'm talking about speaking to you, giving you a scroll of your destiny and what that looks like. See, I'm getting, I can feel it in the room. People are going, I can feel it and I can hear it. The problem with having a spirit of discernment, because you can start sensing everything in the room as soon as I make statements, because, right? So I can start reading all y'all. It's okay. I'm just telling you, you guys are all right. I'm only kidding. Come on. God loves us. I'm talking about God wants to bring some spiritual life to you that you have not known. Things that you haven't known, asked, or imagined. I'm telling you things that you may have asked, but you've never imagined it. God show up to us. And I started thinking about these things, about the gifts of the Spirit, you know, because we operate, you know, as in my flow, in our flow here, we tend to gravitate towards gift, charisma, you know, all the, all the gifting of the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you this, God has a better way. I'm telling you, he wants to baptize us with love. It's even tonight, he wants to baptize you with love. Because I'll, you want me to prove it to you? I can prove it to you. Right? It'll be out of the Bible. Is that okay? We'll make things legal before the end of the night so I don't get in trouble. But you read this. Read this in, in chapter 12 and 13. You may want to go look at it later. But I'm telling you, Paul goes on, and he's talking about spiritual gifts and offices. And he's like, are you all apostles? Are you all doing this stuff? What's going on? You know, you're not all healers. You're not all miracle workers. But I have a better way. He says this, right? Now I'm flying, I know. But all have gifts of heal do all have gifts of healing? I'm reading in verse 30, chapter 12. Do all speak in tongues? Because I just want to get to the end of the chapter. But earnestly desire, right, the best gifts. And he makes this statement, and we kind of just flow over it because we think, oh, it's the love chapter. But and yet I show you a more excellent way. Okay, so he just gave us all this stuff about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But he says this, I'm going to show you a more excellent way. You know where miracles come from? The love of the Father just pouring out of your life. I don't. Listen, I, I totally value the gifts because I think they're for, for, for a season. But I think, it was, I think it's for a church season, church age. And God's bringing us into a kingdom age. And I'm telling you, there's some things that are going to change. And I'm saying, oh, well, yeah, see, I can get myself in trouble real fast with my thoughts and theology, okay? I'm just telling you this. This is what I believe is the best way, love. And I'm not talking anything that we've ever known as far as love. 
when the love of the Father comes on you, miracles will just happen. Can I tell you he loves the Arab nations? That he loves Al-Qaeda? That he loves ISIS? <gasps> he does. I'll show, I'll show you why. You know, it was funny. I was having a, a discussion. This was way back. This was with uh, Tommy Reed. Bishop Tommy Reed out of, um, is it Albany? No, Buffalo, New York. And we were talking, and he said, you know, Miles, God loves the Arab people. And I said, really? And he began to speak to me and show me. But all of a sudden this week, I just began to go into this, like, realizing. I heard some testimonies. This 60-year-old woman that was in Pakistan, and she just began to, she was doing meetings, and all of a sudden they came in with a boy, and he was dead, and they threw him on the ground, and they said, your God can't do anything. And all of a sudden what flashed in front of her eyes was her grandson, and she began to weep and cry, and she began to pray, and she released. All of a sudden a miracle happened. This kid raised from the dead. And then the mass miracles, all of a sudden, this is what, ready? Glory invasion. Because she believed beyond. Because the love of the Father was so inside her. And she, come on, she's in Pakistan. Let's just re get real. <laughs> We're banning those states for, for a reason. I'm telling you, it's not good reasons. But I'm telling you, love is the best way. And so after that, they had all these crazy miracles, eyes growing out. I mean, creative miracles in this meeting. This girl who was burned because of the whole village was burned because their, their village was Christian. They were burned, and there was no survivors except for this one girl. And she was burned so badly, her grandmother had just wrapped her up in, in, uh, in cloth, in sheets. And when she healed, her whole body was fused. Her arms couldn't move her legs together. She prayed for this, lady, this girl. All of a sudden, her whole, all her skin, it was a creative miracle. She had brand new skin, total mobility. Every scar tissue, every bit of scar tissue was gone. Can you believe that? Come on, that's God. What I'm saying is love. I mean, they had miracle breakouts. So why does he love, come on, a people who are so anti-God, anti-America, anti-this, anti-that? Come on. Remember the story? See, God's trying to heal an orphan heart. God's trying to heal an orphan heart. Because when Abraham... Come on, tried to have the promised son. They were sent where? Away. And so the, the boy became fatherless. So what's the fruit? What's the fruit? Come on, we come into that understanding right now, and if, if, if we look at the reality of it, all the Arab nations came out of his seed. And so we wonder why there's hostility. We wonder why they don't believe in Jehovah God. I don't know. I wasn't planning on going this far with this. But I'm telling you, the perfect way is love.
because I'm telling you right now, the gifts will fade away, but God's love will never fade. I'm telling you, there is such a love. I know the first time I ever saw a miracle come, I just cried. It was me, it was God in me, but I just cried for this lady's ears. I'm like, God, I don't know what to do. Remember the testimony I told you last week? Bobby, Bobby Connor just doing a miracle, believing in Mexico City, sticking his finger. He said, God, I don't know what to do. He said, just stick your finger in her face. And her whole face was recreated in a moment. Talking about the miraculous glory of God. God wants us to be a people that are unhinged, that we don't hinder what he wants to do. And I'm telling you, right, I've seen my scroll. My prayer is that you see your scroll tonight. What's the scroll? It's God's destiny over your life. I see my scroll. It's burning. It's fiery. God wants to do some things. And I can't just be dormant. Hello. Is that good? Did I just loot what happened? That was weird. I just can't be dormant. Check. It's green. It's not yellow. Holy Spirit. Here's a promise. Isaiah 44. I will pour out water on him who's thirsty and floods on dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your offspring. Right there, I got messed up. Because God is looking for those who are thirsty so he can pour out on the next generation and the next generation. And there's a legacy of God moving throughout the earth on what you've already established, on your kids, on your children's children. And it will say this, the blessings on your offspring and they will spring up among the grass like willows by the watercourse. Flourishing. Willows. And it says, one will say, I am the Lord's. And I love this. Another will call himself by the name of Jacob, and another will write on his hand, the Lord's. And name himself by the name of Israel. What am I saying to you? God is looking to tattoo himself to you. That he's looking to brand you. He's looking to sear you with his presence, with his name. And the fire of God is the only thing that can sear that thing into you. A personal revival is the only thing that will do it. Well, I can read the word. Yes, you can. I can pray every day. Yes, you can. But I'm telling you, an encounter with the living God is what changes and moves things. And it will brand something in you. I'm going back to the prayer I prayed at the beginning. I'm going to pray it right now. See, here's the thing. 1904, Evan Roberts gets hit with the spirit of revival. Something sad I found out, and I think I shared some of this before. But he was hit with the spirit of revival. God burned in this young man. 24 years old, and he began to move in the power of what he was called to do 
and a whole nation paid attention. Come on, it says this. I was listening to someone that, the, you know, they're big into rugby in Wales. Well, during 1904 through 1906, they had the trophies that didn't say any captain's name, just said Holy Spirit. Said revival. Why? Because every part of society was touched by a moment on one man. And his prayer was this, God, disturb us. Don't let us ever be satisfied. And I may be urgent and a lunatic tonight, but if you call me mad, that's fine. I believe this, that anything of substance that's going to come from heaven will come through the spirit of revival. It won't come through man's works. We can teach all day. We can preach all day. We can move in the gifts all day. But when God comes on a single person and brands him and begins to sear him with the fires of revival, then, then, something will actually happen. Something will actually break out. There won't be any more. What if, God, I'm telling you, he wants to brand us tonight. See, God wants to reveal secrets to your heart tonight. He always wants to reveal his secrets to his servants. So stand, let's stand.